Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the New Jerusalem from Above podcast. I am your host, Takia, and welcome, welcome. If you are a returning listener, um, thank you so much for returning and tuning in each week, uh, each Monday uh, to hearing a new episode. And um, and if you are a new guest, um, I just thank you so much for uh, clicking on whatever link that you clicked on uh, to log into and and hear uh, the these teachings of the Lord. So um, and I thank the Lord for um, all of the listeners and thank you and I thank the Lord also for just the feedback um, that the podcast has been getting and um, and hopefully. Um, that, you know, these teachings from the Lord are truly uh, changing the hearts and, and minds of, of Father's church and, um, and allowing people to repent and return back onto Father. So very grateful for that. Very, very grateful. Um, so today we are actually going to be talking about uh, this big question that is reigning in the church today. This big question of should Christians be meditating? Should Christians be practicing yoga? I guess that's two questions, right? So should Christians be meditating or practicing yoga? Okay, this is a very big topic right now. And we have to talk about this. We have to because um the teachings and practices of meditation and yoga, and we'll get into some of the different ones that are very popular today, but these teachings and practices have been um, spilling into the church lately. They have been pouring into the church lately uh, to the fact where there's even classes where church buildings are hosting classes on meditations and, uh, you know, we're seeing it on, of course, again, on the online space, on social media, we're seeing it on television, we're seeing it, uh, uh, you know, through books and, and reading certain books and, and reading and, and, you know, learning from different uh, teachers that are meant to be in the church, right? So this teaching, this, 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 these teachings have made its way into the church. Okay. And so again, um, our job as the church of Jesus Christ, we must test all spirits. We have to, right. Um, and, and we have to have that spirit of discernment to see what is of good, what is of the Lord and what is evil, um, what is wicked. Right. Um, so we're going to be answering, um, those questions today in regards to should Christians be meditating or practicing yoga. Okay, so let's jump into really quick. I just want to jump into the different types of meditations that are popular, okay, um, that have made its way and we're seeing it so much um, and, and we're seeing it and hearing it in our ears. These are certain types that are extremely popular today. So you have, uh, for example, you have the guided meditation, 
This one, I think, is probably uh, the most uh, popular right now because you're even able to, you know, go on YouTube, type in meditation. All you're going to find for the most part is guided meditations. And it's pretty much when uh, the teacher of it explains how your mind should be behaving or how your mind is behaving um, during the meditation and, you know, pretty much guides you through. Right. A lot of the times they have very suggestive music. Um you know, very suggestive music and you can really be sitting and, and doing this for hours and someone else telling you how your mind should be behaving. So you have that one, which is guided meditation. You have the unguided meditation, which is silent meditation, meaning that you're paying attention to the thoughts or uh, maybe the way that you're breathing, right? You focus solely on that. Okay. Sometimes even in that you are emptying out certain thoughts, right. Um, and, and bringing in different thoughts, you know, you're emptying out quote unquote negative thoughts and, and bringing in positive thoughts. So you have that one, which is unguided meditation. And usually that one doesn't involve a teacher. Um, so yeah, so you have that one. Now, yoga is also a type of meditation. Okay. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's called something differently, but you have yoga. Um, most popular in today right now is actually becoming uh, what, does, what is called kundalini yoga. Um, and we're, I just want to stop here and pause here really quick. Speaking of like the kundalini yoga teachings, um, it's also known as the yoga of awareness. Um, and that one is, like I said, is becoming very, very popular, very popular. Um, and pretty much it blends movement. It blends deep breathing, um, and it blends, you know, certain mantras as well, um, in this practice. And it originated in, in Hindu, um, and in Hinduism, the word uh, kundalini or what they consider to be kundalini is a form of quote unquote feminine divine energy, right? And it's supposed to be located at the base of your spine, okay? Um, very interesting. And the word kundalini is actually a Sanskrit word. Um, if you look it up, it's actually a Sanskrit word meaning coiled snake, Okay. Um, do y'all see where I'm going here? Do, do we see where, where we're going? Um, so it, it means a coiled snake. That's what the word Kundalini means. Um, and it's pretty much, you know, it's about discovering the divine within yourself. Okay. That, that is what they teach your divine within, uh, is, is what they teach essentially. Um, so, um, amongst that one, like I said, that one is becoming very popular, but, um, amongst that one. And then of course you also have like the Zen meditations as well, which really stems from Buddhist teachings. Um, but pretty much, you know, you're just, um, observing your breath. Um, a lot of the times you're sitting, uh, and you are aware, or you try to remain aware of your thoughts and different sensations of your body. Right. So, I could go on and on about the different types of meditations and, and meditation teachings. I can go on and on because there are, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of, of, if not thousands, you know, I'm not sure if it's in the thousands, but um, there are definitely hundreds of different types of um, meditation practices, right? And 
you know, again, these uh, different practices, you know, are being, um, they're being packaged differently uh, in today's society, especially when being talked about it. Um, you hear so many times where, you know, folks are saying, you know, yeah, I just did, you know, 20 minute meditation. You know, I just needed to, to take a break from life or, you know, whatever they'll, they'll say, people say, you know, certain, you know, phrases such as that. Um, and, and really they're practicing, um, they'll, they'll be practicing these, you know, ancient, uh, these ancient uh, teachings here. But needless to say, um, needless to say, I'm, I'm just going to answer that question very boldly. Should Christians be practicing meditation or yoga? And the answer is no. Um, is meditation and, and the practices of yoga, is it of God? The answer is no. Um, in fact, these are actually different portal entrances for uh, demonics, uh, for demonic activity to enter in. Um, for example, have y'all ever seen the picture, okay? If you type in, whether it be meditation, if you type in yoga, or if you type in guided meditation, if you type in Zen, um, have you, you guys have more than likely have seen a picture that comes up of a outline of a human body sitting crisscross and it has these seven or maybe eight, usually it's seven, but these seven different colored circles going down the center of the human body. Okay. We're more than likely, more than likely you have seen that, um, in your lifetime, at least one time. Right. And so, these seven different colored circular holes that are going down uh, the body, a lot of the times the, these uh, yoga teachings and these meditation teachings, they say, you know, these are considered your chakras, right? We've heard that a lot. If you're into meditation, if you have studied meditation in some form of fashion, you have probably heard of the word chakra, right? And so chakra, again, that is a Sanskrit word. And that word means circle or wheel. That is very interesting. It means circle or wheel. So, so, you know, what are you getting at to circle or wheel? What is, what is a portal? What is a portal? A portal is a circle or wheel, right? That that's what a portal is. A portal is a, is an entrance way uh, for demons to enter. And so we're, we're seeing, you know, these, these multicolored different holes and really it, it really what they're um, exposing themselves is, is what it is exposing the, that false teachings. It's really exposing themselves that, Hey, these are the different interests. When, when you go and study meditation, when you go and study, you know, yoga, when you practice that, these are the different portals that you are now opening up in order for demons to come in. Hence why when, when you hear the uh, Kundalini, for example, the Kundalini yoga, uh, you know, for enlightenment, hence why it says coiled snake. Hence why when you look up, okay, what does it mean to uh, become fully aware or, or fully enlightened, right? Or fully enlightened by Kundalini. Hence why you see people become uh, or start moving in the form of a snake, they start moving in the form of a snake. They start uh, whipping their head back and forth repeatedly 
repeatedly, possibly making either, either uh, slithering sounds or hissing sounds as well. Why do you think that? Because that, that, that demon has now entered in. And it's the same demon that we talked about last week, by the way, the same demon, that Python spirit, hence why these people are moving like snakes and, and slithering, slithering like snakes when they have quote unquote reached their, you know, enlightenment, their highest enlightenment, they're moving like snakes. That's because you have allowed that demon to now enter in. You have opened up your, those, those portals, you have opened up those portals and allowed those demons to come in when you are practicing the, the teachings of meditation. And when you are practicing the teachings of yoga and, and, and chakras and Zen and all of that, you are opening up portals for demons to come in and enter you. That's the truth. So now, and, and, and let me touch on this too. Uh, just getting into that chakra, uh, getting into that chakra, uh, teaching as well. When it talks about, you know, those seven different entrance ways, right. That we see on those pictures, those seven different multicolored, uh, uh, circles that are going down the human body, right. They have one called the crown, meaning top of top of the head. That's where it's located. Another chakra called your third eye, they say, uh, which is usually between the eyebrows. They have, and, and let me just say this too, you have the crown, the top of your head, right? What does that mean? Entering into your mind. That's one. You have the third eye between the eyebrows. Again, speaking of your mind, entering into your mind. You have the throat, the throat chakra, which is literally based of the throat, right? It's the base of the throat. That's another portal, right? Speaking of of uh, what you speak, right? No longer speaking the word of God at that point, you're, you're speaking these false teachings, right? But your throat, they have your heart slash lungs uh, chakra, which is in the center of your chest, right? Entering into your heart. You have the solar chakra, they say, it's located at the mouth of the stomach, entering into your stomach. Then you have the, if I'm pronouncing this right, sacrum sacrum, sacrum, I think it's sacrum chakra, uh, which is the lower part of your belly, uh, which is the groin area, right? It's, it's a, you know, your, your sexual organs, uh, area. And then you have what you call the root, they say, which is the base of the spine. So these are all different portals, different portals or portal entrances uh, that these demons are coming in when, when you are taking part in uh, the meditation and taking part in the chakra teachings and taking part in the yoga teachings. These are all different portals. They literally are exposing them on their own selves right then and there. So I think it's very interesting how they have these different, these, these seven different um, entrance ways you know, no wonder the Lord tells us that we have to have on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, when he tells us that we need to have the helmet of salvation. Why? Because we need to cover our minds. Our minds must be protected by Christ. The helmet of salvation, he tells us the breastplate of righteousness. That's our chest area that we may be covered by Christ in our chest area. He says the shield of faith, the shield of faith, so that way, when fiery darts come, we're able to block it with that shield of faith. He tells us the sword, which comes out of, comes out of our mouth. It's the word of God, the sword of the mouth. 
He says, gird our loins with truth. Why? That, that's sexual perversion. So we, we can cover ourselves from sexual perversion, right? Then he says to cover our feet with the gospel of peace. He says, he tells us to keep the whole armor of God, the whole armor to protect ourselves through Christ. It's just very interesting, very interesting. Um, needless to say, so here are some questions that uh, that we have to start asking ourselves when being introduced to uh, these new teachings and, and new age teachings. We have to ask ourselves, for example, when it comes to meditation, you know, did Jesus meditate in a way that it's practiced today? We have to ask ourselves that question. We have to ask ourselves, did his disciples partake in meditation in the way that it's practiced today? You know, did his prophets do that? We have to ask ourselves these questions um, and, and find our answer in the Bible. All right, so speaking of that, what does the Bible say about meditating? I'm gonna share with you all a few verses um, where the exact word meditate or meditating um, is in the Bible and what reference does it have uh, when, when speaking about meditating? So first things first, Joshua 1 and 8. It says, this is the Lord speaking. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So what was the Lord saying to Joshua in this? He was saying, do not depart do not depart or do not go away from the things of God, from the word of God. Do not depart from that. And he says, but instead we need to meditate. He, he needs to meditate on the things of God, on the word of God day and night. Right. And that word meditate, by the way, in the Hebrew, it's pronounced uh, Hagah, Hagah, if I'm pronouncing that right, Hagah. Um, but it's pronounced Hagah in the Hebrew, and it means to ponder, to imagine, to speak, to study, to talk, or to utter. So in other words, what the Lord was telling Joshua was, do not allow the word of God to depart or to leave from you, right? But instead, meditate or imagine or ponder on the word of God day and night, meaning our mind should be focused on the things of God day and night, day and night. Our mind should, should be pondering on his scriptures day and night. That is what true meditation is. Meditation, true meditation in, in Christ, true meditation as a Christian, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is when your mind is focused on and, and studying the word of God. You ever, you ever, uh, uh, you ever study for a test and, and you study so much that throughout the day you, you see, like you have these thoughts of you, you know, let's say it's a math test of you answering certain equations in your mind. Right. And you're just pondering on that, like through the whole day. Right. It's the same thing when it comes to, um, when it comes to us as the church studying, Study to show thyself approved, the Lord says, right? And so it is us 
Now, when it comes to meditating, we should be meditating. We should have the scriptures pondering in our minds, just like that, day and night. So another, uh, another scripture as well um, that speaks about meditating is Psalms 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. So exactly what the Lord had told Joshua is exactly what uh, what the Lord gave David uh, to write as well. He says, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. That's that's amazing. That's powerful. We should be delighting ourselves, meaning finding joy and reading the word of God and praying to him and in, in seeking after his truth. We should be delighted. We should be delighted. And not only that, but we should be meditating on that day and night. That's the only way that we're going to be able to mature in the things of God, by the way, church. That's the only way we're going to be able to mature in the things of God. That's the only way. The only way is to meditate on his word day and night, is to pray to him, talk with him, cast your cares upon him. That's the only way that we are going to be able to mature in the things of God. That is the only way that we will be ready for his return. That is the only way. Let's keep going. I have a few more scriptures uh, that speaks on, on meditating. Um, so another, another Psalm, Psalm 77, verse 11 through 12. By the way, David used this word a lot. He used this word meditate a lot. And it was in reference to meditating on the things of God, because that is what David did, right? And so Psalm 77, verses uh, 11 and 12, it says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. What David was saying was he's going to always remember what the Lord had done for him. And, and of course, you know, uh, uh, what the Lord had done for, for, you know, his family and children of Israel, et cetera, right? He's going to always have those testimonies in his heart. He's going to always remember, you know, the Lord saved me, right? So he's going to remember that. And he says, uh, uh, and again, I will meditate also of all thy work, meaning that he's going to ponder on that. He's going to focus on that. He's going to study on that. He's going to talk about that, right? He's going to talk about uh, what the Lord has done for him. So let's keep it going. Psalm 119.15, he says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. And that's exactly what we should be doing, uh, church. If you ever had a question of what, what should I be doing as a Christian? You know, what can I do to get closer uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ? What can I do, Right. It is exactly that. We should be meditating on his precepts, meaning his, his laws, meaning what he has, has called us to do, his word, right? We should be meditating on that. We should be sitting and studying on that. 
And again, with that word delight, he says, I will delight myself in thy statues, meaning I, I will find joy. I will find joy in thy statutes. I will find joy when reading your word. I will find joy when, when praying to you, Father. I will find joy in that. I will become so in love with being in your presence that that's all that I think about. That is what we should be focusing on. That is what we should be meditating on. So, um, a few more, a few more verses. Y'all, I have a lot of verses. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of verses today because it is so important, so important that we go to the word for our answers, that we, we go to prayer for our answers. First um, Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16. This is a long one. He says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, what is he saying in that verse there? He's pretty much saying, don't let anyone say that you're too young or, or hey, you can even say too old, right? Don't, don't, don't let anyone say um, or, or despise you or try to put you down simply because, you know, you're young, right? Simply because of your age. This is Paul talking to, talking to uh, Timothy, by the way. So he says, let, let nobody despise you simply because of your age or how, how young you are. But instead, uh, be a believer. That's why he says, be thou an example of the believers. He says, you should be an example. And that's what the church should be. We need to be an example onto what Christ looks like. We need to be ambassadors of Christ. We're so caught up into uh, these different new age teachings that we're forgetting that we are supposed to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, be thou an example of the believers. And what does he say? How, how can I be an example of a believer? He says, in word, in word, in conversation, meaning when you speak one-on-one -on -one with people, they should be hearing Christ. They should hear the Lord coming out of your mouth, right? In conversation, what you talk about, no gossiping, no, no, uh, you know, no, uh, you know, affirmation stuff we we should be we should be an example of the lord jesus christ in conversation in charity or in love we our love needs to needs to reflect how christ loved us it says in spirit in faith that's how our faith should be and in purity meaning we should be pure right so he says till i come let's continue till i come give attendance to reading to exhortation or, or encouragement or uplifting of one another to doctrine. He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. He says, but meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to, thee, to them, excuse me. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed onto thyself and onto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So it's very interesting when Paul tells, tells Timothy to meditate. Now, he, he wasn't telling Timothy to sit down and, and be silent and breathe in and breathe out. But what he was saying was meditate on the things of God meditate on those things, meditate 
on, on how to be an example of the believers, meditate on those things. And just comparing scripture to scripture, what are the things that we should set our minds on? We should, in Colossians 3, verse 2, he says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So he tells us to set our minds. Another term would be to meditate upon those things which are above. And what is above? That's heaven. What What is above all of it is Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Meditate on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Meditate on on being a servant of the Lord God, being a servant of Christ. Meditate on these things. Meditate on the word of God, not on the things on the earth. So really quick, and and this takes me into uh, something that my my pop said uh, literally earlier today. earlier today in regards to meditation was he said, you know, meditation tells you to empty yourself out. And that is so true, right? That is so true. You know, it it tells you, you know, empty out negative thoughts or, you know, uh, take, you know, take a look into your thoughts and, and look at them. Right. Or, or, you know, look at, look at what you're thinking about and, and empty out all of it right? So he said, meditation tells you to empty yourself out, uh, but what will you be filled with? And that is such a great question because meditation, the teachings of meditation and the teachings of yoga, it tells you to empty, empty all of this out, right? And let, let all of, all of, uh, all of these thoughts be, be gone, be, you know, withered away, let empty all of them out. But the question is, if I empty everything out, then what will I be filled with? And I, and I tell you now, folks, they're not telling you to fill, fill yourself with Christ. These teachings of, of meditation and, and yoga, they're not teaching you, you know, you know, empty yourself out so that way you can be filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. No, of course not, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, if I empty myself out, what will I be filled with? So, and let, and let me just tell you, as the church of Christ, we need to be filled with the word of God, period. We need to be filled with the word of God. That's it. If, if you want to get closer to God, right? We all, we, people always say, you know, I just want to get closer to God. And that very well may be true. If you want to get closer to God, you have to go to him. You can't, you know, I want to get, I want to get closer to God. So let me, you know, let me steer off my path and go to the left because these people, you know, the perception on the outside looks very, uh, elegant and looks very, uh, you know, holy or what or whatnot, but it's a false holiness. If if you want to be holy, you got to go to the one who's holy. If you want to, you know, have peace, you got to go to the Prince of Peace. If you want to have this immense amount of love for people, you got to go to the one who loves, who is love, right? So 
I say all that to say in the same chapter of Colossians, Colossians 3, verse 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That is what we need to be focused on, church. That is what we need to be focused on. That is what we need uh, to be filled with. Meditation tells you to empty yourself out. And Christ says, well, you need to fill yourself with the word of God. Let Christ dwell in you richly, he says. Now, I always ask, like, what do people go, uh, go to meditation for? Like, what are, what are people looking for when they seek out meditation or when they seek out uh, the yoga teachings and practices, right? And we always hear, you know, well, you know, we go to meditation to seek wisdom or you always hear wisdom or enlightenment. Well, what does the word say about that? He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally or freely and abradeth not and it shall be given him. So if you're lacking wisdom, go to God. And that's in James 1 verse 5. A lot of people say, you know, well, I go to meditation in order for me to gain, you know, some, some knowledge, in order for me to gain some infinite knowledge, right? Well, what does the word say about knowledge? He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's in Proverbs 1 verse 7. People say, well, I go to meditation for peace. You know, I just, I just, I, I live in such a chaotic world that I want peace. So what does the Bible say about peace? He says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through what? Through Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians four, verse seven. Some people say, well, I go to meditation so I can have knowledge of one's self. We hear that all the time, right? Knowledge of self, knowledge of one's being, right? Okay. So what does the word say about that? What does the word say about, about knowing yourself and knowing your inner parts and knowing who you are? Matthew 10 verse 30 says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You want knowledge of yourself and, and wanting to know who you are or wanting to know some form or sense of identity. Well, you have to go to the one who created you. If I am the creation and I want to know more about the, me as a creation, I have to go to the creator, right? I have to go to the one who created me, the one who, who, who shaped me, the one who formed me. Jesus tells us that our very hairs on our head are all numbered. Look how, look how precise Jesus is when he created us. Look how precise he is. He says, I know everything there is to know about you all the way down to the very hairs on your head. He also says this, he says in Psalm 139, verse 13 through 14, he says, for thou has possessed and that word possessed, by the way, in the Hebrew, it's kanah, meaning found or create. So he says, for thou has possessed my reins. Thou has covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. 
what was he saying here? He was saying, God, you, you formed me already. You, you formed me in my mother's womb. You fearfully and wonderfully created me. So if, if you are seeking, you know, the knowledge of yourself, if you are seeking the, the knowledge of who you are, or, or I want to learn more about myself, I want to learn more about, you know, th this creation that I am, then you have to go to the creator, which is Jesus Christ. You have to go to him. You have to, you have to go to him. You have to go to him and you have to go through, go to him and through him, uh, through reading of the word, through the Bible and through prayer. You know, think about this. Think about you being a inventor of, of, you know, of, or, or let me scratch that. Let's say you, you get a new phone. I'm looking at my phone now. Let's say you get a new phone, right? And you want to know everything that there is to know about this phone. You want to know the ins and outs. You want to know how it was created. You want to know the different functions that it has. You want to know, you know, how is this going to help me? Uh, uh, how is this going to help me? How is, how is the battery life? You want to know all of that information. So what do you do? What do you do? You're going to go to what? The manuscript. You're going to go to the, the, uh, the directions, right? You're going to go to that little pamphlet that they have in, in the box that it came in. And you're going to go to that pamphlet and read through that. Say, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know all of this. Wow. It is the exact same thing that we should be doing as believers in Christ. You want knowledge of oneself? Well, then you have to go to the manuscript. You got to go to the word of God. You want to know about yourself. You want to know your inner, your, 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 you know, your inner being. You want to know who, who you are. You got to go to the one that created you. That pamphlet, right, is, is the Bible. It's the word of God. You got to go to the word of God. So in closing, um, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, folks. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, but I say all that to say, um, church, we have to return back onto our first love. We have to. We're seeing so many, so many people, so many believers are leaving the church. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about uh, just a building. I'm, I'm saying we are leaving the church of Jesus Christ. We are leaving uh, uh, the flock. We are leaving the flock. We are leaving and we are turning to these teachings that we believe or we think are going to get us closer in some way. We think that it is bringing some form of peace. We, we, we're, 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 we're not wanting to face the reality. We're not wanting to do the work. We're not wanting to, to pray to the Lord because we're saying, oh, you know, the Lord is taking too long, right? You know, the Lord ain't coming back. He, he just, oh, he taking too long. And, and we're leaving and we're going to these other uh, false practices and false teachings. We're leaving our first love. But y'all, we don't want to be like the church of, of Ephesus mentioned in Revelation. When the Lord told, told that church and said, look, I, I have somewhat against thee because thou has left thy first love. But what did the Lord tell that church? 
He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. In other words, return back onto Christ. He says, remember you, you have fallen, you have fallen from grace. So now it is time to repent. It is time to repent and turn away from these false teachings, turn away from it and return back onto the first works. Return back onto what the Lord Jesus has called you to do. Return back onto it. And he, and he also gives them a little warning too. He says, and do the first works. He says, or else I will come onto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. The Lord is returning, y'all. We, we have to face that reality. The Lord is returning. We keep playing. We keep thinking that the Lord don't see what we're doing. What does the word say? The, the word says, you know, uh, uh, the creator that created the eyes, can he not see? Or he that, that created the ear, can he not hear? We think that the Lord doesn't see what we're doing. We think that, man, you know, the, the Lord ain't coming back. We got some time until that happens. We think that these things are so far out. Well, let me tell you, they are not. They are not far out. The days are shortened for the elect's sake. They're getting closer and closer and closer. The Lord is coming back. We need to get it right, y'all. We, we, gotta, we have to get this right. The Lord is coming back, y'all. It's time for us to repent. I'm praying for the spirit of repentance. Repent. Repent. Cover yourself with sackcloth and ashes and repent. Cry out to Father. Cry out to him and repent and turn away from these false teachings. And you can only do it through Christ. You will only be able to do it through Christ. It's time for us to repent, y'all. I can't say it enough. I, I keep saying it. it. It's time for us to see the error in our ways. It's time for us to see the, the wickedness that we have fallen, fallen to. It's time for us to see the deception that we have accepted. It's time for us to start seeing it. I'm praying that the Lord will open up the eyes of those that have fallen into these false teachings. Father, I'm praying that open up their eyes to seeing the deceitfulness. Open up their eyes and reveal onto your folks, onto your people, the truth of these false teachings and the dangers that it is causing them. Open up your eyes, open up their eyes, fathers, to seeing the wretchedness and have them cry out to you and return back onto you. Give us the spirit of true repentance, of true repentance. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> but y'all, um, um, I, uh, I thank every single uh, person for listening to, uh, to this podcast. I, I really and truly do. And I pray that you get something from it. It's, it's not of me, but it's of him. I'm praying that you would get something from it. 
But my, my biggest prayer is that we would repent. If we are in these false teachings, these false practices, these false movements, that we as a church would repent and return onto our first love, which is Jesus Christ. The days are short and father is returning soon. So repent now while you have a chance. The Lord is merciful. Repent now while you have a chance. And if you do not, if you do not repent, then he will come quickly and he will remove thy candlestick out of his place. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate every single uh, uh, listener and, um, and, and I will continue, uh, I will continue to pray, continue to pray, um, that we all move forward in the things of God, that we all move forward and mature, uh, in the things of God. And, um, I will continue to pray that. And again, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode of the new Jerusalem from above podcast. Again, I am your host Takia. And, um, and yes, I just thank you. And again, this is dropping this Monday and we're going to have another episode, Lord willing, next Monday. So tune in every single Monday for a brand new episode where we talk about, uh, taboo topics in the Christian community. Um, and we see what the Bible has to say about them. So again, I thank all of you. I appreciate every single one of you and enjoy the rest of your week. Um, and continue to grow in the knowledge and truth of Jesus Christ. All right. All right. I'll see you all. Peace out. Bye.